Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2092. Be prepared to be inspired and you're going to be entertained too. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Texas. Yeehaw! Got deep roots in Texas, family. My grandparents had a farm there for many years. My dad was born there, so I love Texas with a very special guest by the name of James Chen. James, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Release the clutch? What's that? (laughs) I can't drive a stick shift. Uh, I'll I'll leave it in drive and let the autopilot do its work. Yeah, well, I, I've got to warn you listeners, this is going to be a fun one because James, well, he's quite a character. Let me just put it that way. He loves to tease and have fun, and I cannot wait to talk with him. Now, James, before I introduce you and we talk about your business, what's one little thing? I'm almost afraid to ask this. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, bud? You know what? That's probably the most difficult answer uh, question to answer because uh, I am uh, fairly visible on social media. I've done a couple of videos and uh, I've talked about my business, my passion on cars and my career and so on and so forth. So I think whatever people don't know about me, I probably prefer to keep it that way. That's my <laughs> skeleton. That's my skeleton in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. You know, one of the things that you might, and I'll post it on James Shono's page here on the Cars Day website. He was featured on a Petrolicious video. Remember Petrolicious back when they were doing videos and Afshin, the original founder of that company, he's since sold it was around back then. He was a guest on my show. There's a very cool video of uh, James and his Luso that's worth watching. So I'll put a link to that. Was that a fun video to shoot? That was a fantastic video. And I must correct you there, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Not one video, but five. Yes. What? Five videos. So I was, uh, the first video was a, about my Lamborghini Countach. And that was my first Petrolicious Audi. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Wow. Well. And then subsequently, we follow up with my uh, 64 Ferrari 250 GTL, or commonly known as a Lusso. And uh, that had over, oh, what, like a million views or whatnot. Yeah. And then they asked me, hey, you know, do you want to do more? So then I did a, a, a parody on April 1st with a <laughs> Chrysler LeBaron convertible as America's Masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that was kind of our a- April Fool's Day joke. And then subsequently, we did a- another one on my Jaguar XKSS recreation. So I had a kind of a Lynx slash Ram slash Tempero kind of XKSS uh, built. And that was featured in one of the videos. And then the very last one was on my 2006 Spiker C8. Spider. Whoa. So, wow. Been around the block. Yeah, no kidding. I apologize for, uh, you know, underplaying your uh, your movie prowess here, buddy. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. So, Oscars all across the mantle, I would guess. The clutch is depressed. I am in first gear and I'm ready to roll off. All right. We'll have some fun. James Chen is the founder of Almax USA, selling automotive truck and wheels. 
automotive truck and wheels made here in the United States. He's been in love with cars since he was a little kid playing with Matchbox and Hot Wheels. Sounds like me. In high school, his entrepreneurial spirit blossomed and he used his mom's credit card to buy and sell wheels to his friends in school. I love this. I, I Yeah, I love that. That's very cool. He's been in the aftermarket space since 1983 and started retail sales in 1997 at Axis Wheels. He's built and sold several companies and today is still playing with cars, having fun in the automotive world, making and selling his wheels. I love it. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor, so please give them a little love. They keep the lights on here. Keep your seatbelts tight. We're with James Chen in Texas. It's going to be wild. We'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, YA21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Zengen. It's a company that I learned about when I had Zengen's Matt Spurlock as a guest here on Cars Yeah. Matt's helping us enthusiasts understand the benefits of using oil analysis and proper sampling methods with the Zengen Consumer Testing Service to determine the condition of your engine in anything from cars to motorcycles, boats, and even aircraft engines. I gave it a try with my two vehicles, sent in my samples with their easy-to-use sample kit, and received my own personal Zengen report. I was thrilled to discover that both my cars got the perfect score of 10. Huh, what a relief. Wouldn't you like to know what's going on inside your engine before something expensive goes wrong that you had no idea was lurking under the hood? It's like a blood test for your body, but for your vehicle. Father's Day is coming, and I know Dad doesn't want another pair of socks or a goofy tie. This year, give Dad his very own Zengen oil test kit, and you'll make him smile. And I've got a great deal for you and for Dad. Go to ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYA20, and you'll get 20% off your first two kits. What a deal! Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you thousands, and you'll rest better at night knowing your engine's condition is A-OK. That's ZengenScore.com, and use the code CARSYA20. 20 today. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 
I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, James, we're back. So, we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. Walk us through how you got into the wheel business. I mentioned buying and selling wheels in high school. You are very entrepreneurial and very spirited, and I love this about you. That's how those of us who get started do this kind of thing. I was waxing cars, so you're a few steps ahead of me. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your love for wheels, but also let's talk about Almax. So let's start with my career in high school. I grew up around cars, loved cars, but we came from a financially disadvantaged family. So we didn't have any cool cars, but my friends did. And back in the days, we, I grew up, grew up in a small town that was predominantly populated by Asian Americans. So the cool cars to have was more of a Prelude, a Celica, a Corolla, and not a Mustang or a Camaro or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So at that juncture, everybody wanted a supercars. They want to change the wheels and tires. They want to load the car, add the exhaust, so on and so forth. But there just simply wasn't that many options for the Japanese-style cars. The American wheel companies, such as American Racing, Centerline, and Weld, just didn't look right on the Japanese import. So we were, again, poor on the wrong side of town. And I basically start reading a couple of these Japanese magazines. And I go, hey, they've got all these cool wheels for the Corollas and the Preludes and the Celicas. So I took up my well-to-do friends that were setting up for these wheels, but they didn't know how to get them here. I kind of told a little bit of a tall tale and said, oh, yeah. My uncle was in Japan, and I can get any wheels you want. Just let me know what you want. Cool. And from there, I went to a local uh, college by a, a, uh, a English to Japanese dictionary and kind of taught myself how to write in Japanese. And it was really three, three types of writing. It was kitakana, katakana, and kanji. Kanji is pretty much Chinese, and I am Chinese. So I can kind of fiddle around. And it was, everything was done on a fax machine back then. So I made a little, uh, what do you call it, a cover sheet. And look really professional and tell them that I'm a company in the United States and here's a credit card and I would like to order these wheels. Well, quickly work out around that I'm the real guy and I was bringing all these different wheels in for friends. And I was probably averaging, I don't know, a set a month and you can probably make three, four hundred dollars. So that's a lot of beer money. I mean, that's a lot of money for books. So <laughs> yeah. for, for a 16-year-old kid, it was fantastic. And, and subsequently, that kind of became... Uh, you know, the business I kind of fell into. It was truly a passion that turned into a business. I love this. And then shortly, I think my first real job was I was working for a company that was selling Japanese uh, uh, wheels by then. I was helping them bring them in, but I just didn't have the money to invest in that company. So it was a little shop down the street, and we were known to be the, the people to bring in all these little Japanese parts here and there. And then I think the next real job was to sell AMG parts of wheels back in 1986 or 87 for uh, Beverly Hills Motor Accessory, Andy Cohen. Andy, yeah. Yeah. So he was one of my bosses. He was rather impressed with my knowledge on German cars. I had all the 
chassis codes memorized, the bolt patterns, what fits what, and so on and so forth. So I worked for him for briefly and then went to work for Klaus Ettensberger at CEC. And that was my other real job. And by then, we were the importer for all oh, the Lenser reels, AC Schnitzer, so on and so forth. Wow. So that's kind of how I got my start. You know, this is such a cool story. And yeah, I've known Andy forever. Sadly, we lost him a few years yep. ago suddenly, which was just tragic. But uh, I've known him forever. In fact, I bought a car cover from him, I believe when I was in high school and ended up being a Covercraft car cover, which is a sponsor of mine. Yeah, it sounds like you and I have kind of a same pattern a little bit in this car world, but I'm really impressed by your fortitude and your uh, your drive and hard work. And and now today you've got Almax. Tell us about this brand. Sure. So um, everybody's kind of understanding the current climate right now in business. Um the China manufacturing is having some issues. The shipping cost is enormous. We're paying anywhere from three to five times shipping cost to get products from China here. Huge, huge delay, 45 to 90 days. And I'm looking around going, this is clunky. This is not going to make sense. And there just seems to be kind of a, a, a revive of Americana and, and things made in the USA. So I looked long and hard, uh, search and, and look for compatible factories. And finally, found a factory in Ohio and made a deal with them to start manufacturing wheels made in America. Oh, you know, I love this. And it, yeah, it's so important. Uh, jobs here and so forth in this resurgence of U.S. made in USA. And But, you know, really, I was saying capital goes where capital grows. And when things started happening in China with COVID and manufacturing and now shipping and the cost of shipping, I've talked to people that used to pay $2,500, $3,000 for a container. Now it's $35,000 or more. And it's just, it's become out of control. So Again, you're a very smart business person. You kind of figured it out. So these wheels that you sell, what kinds of wheels do you sell for what kinds of vehicles? So, again, we could have made any type of wheels for any type of cars. But what we find a lot of aftermarket sales for these wheels are truck and Jeep enthusiasts. Mm. So that seems kind of a no-brainer. So we are targeting wheels made for Jeeps, Ram, Ford, Chevy, and Toyota. I mean, Toyota is now made in Texas. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. they're, they're enormously popular on the Tundras. And I think the Tacomas are made in now Mexico. So you have a Mexican taco, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. made over there as well. Yeah. Uh, so those are our concentration. We see, we see the void there. We see enthusiasts that are patriotic. And like our tagline is kind of like, you know, by American, made by American, you know, for American. So it, 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 it all makes sense. We make good looking, stout, strong, affordable wheels to bring jobs back to America. Well, I love this. Now, how are your wheels manufactured? What what type of materials? There's different ways that wheels are made and so forth. So tell us a little bit about the, the specifications. Sure. So they're uh, 6,000 series aluminum, 6061. Not to get too technical, they're aluminum alloy. The wheels are made by a factory that makes the OEM wheels for Subaru, Toyota, and Honda made in USA. Nice. So we're actually doing them a favor, but they're also doing a fa- us a favor. A couple of years back, when there's a sh- chip shortage, they shut down the factory. Toyota's not building any cars. Neither is Subaru. Neither is Honda. In, in America, so to speak. So they shut down the production line on the factory of the cars, and they shut down the wheel factories. Mm. So people were displaced and didn't have jobs or had to be laid off for months. So the owner of that factory going, this will never happen again, not on my watch. And we're going to make aftermarket wheels and some aftermarket wheels, great quality. But even if this happens again, 
the factory will still be running and the people will still have jobs making wheels for the aftermarket side, which is unaffected by the OEM side. Yeah, this has been a huge wake-up call, I think, for a lot of manufacturers around the world. Uh, and, of course, now you see the tragedy happening in Ukraine and how that shut down some manufacturing, I believe, for Porsche, Audi, and some other manufacturers because some of the wiring harnesses, I understand, were made in Ukraine. So th this idea of the world is flat, there's a great book written years ago called The World is Flat about how everything is all integrated. When you go to a factory nowadays for a car and you see where all these parts are coming from, you see how the supply chain can really melt down fast, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you have, you have, you know, Porsche 918 carbon fiber parts made in China. You have Corvette wheels made in China, but you also have you know, semiconductors made in Taiwan. Like you said, the world is flat, but it, it, everything has to mesh and come together in one little ripple can really upset the apple cart. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's talk a little bit about a, what I call a driving influence or inspiration for you, mentors in our lives. These are so important. You mentioned some great people that you've worked with in the past, uh, Andy Cohen being one of them that gave you a, an opportunity and a chance. Is there somebody in your life that really has stood out and, and helped push you along in your career? I, torture, I tend to gravitate toward uh, entrepreneurs and uh, especially kind of Asian or Chinese-American entrepreneurs, that just kind of happened to be. Uh, one of my early heroes was uh, Bernard Lee. He owned a company called Eagle One Car Care. He made car waxes and cleaner and whatnot. And he's just a very meticulously dressed, real sharp-looking guy, detail-oriented, because he was in, in, a, in the business of selling, you know, and making sure his cars looks good, especially black cars are impossible to keep clean in detail. <laughs> yeah. And he had really savvy marketing. He had, you know, uh, a BMW M6, a 500 SEC W126 car. They're all in black. The license plate was E-G-O-W-O-N, Eagle One. It was just kind of a great play on word. Yeah. He was one of my mentors. He shared with me, you know, what, how, how, what entrepreneurship is all about and how you can take it to the next level. And then toward the end, he sold to, to Valvoline for a bunch of money and started building motorcycles in uh, Rancho Santa Fe, kind of his true passion. The other gentleman was uh, uh, No Lee of Monster Cable. Mm -hmm. uh, I met him at one of the shows. And us being Asian, that the parents kind of forces you down to be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer, be whatnot. These guys were entrepreneurs, and they, they made it. And No Lee was one of the, the, the few guys at that time had like 10 sports cars, a couple of Porsches, a couple of Ferraris, a couple of Lamborghinis. My eyes just popped up and goes, wow, <laughs> how did you do that? What's your formula? Yeah. And I had the chance to spend some quality time with them. And he was very generous on sharing me with, with his time and, and how he built his company and so on and so forth. So I think mentorship is very, very important, especially that, you know, I, I never went to college. I was kind of, you know, wanted to earn money, wanted to get in the workforce right away. And I think the mentorship kind of taught me a lot of show me what was possible and maybe smart enough to avoid some of the mistakes they, they made and help me accelerate and grow the businesses. So today... Uh, I have a handful of, I call them kids, that I, I mentor as well. And that's kind of my way of giving it back. Yeah, it's so important. If you were going to advise somebody young, and I've been asked this, and I've been a mentor to people uh, who are trying to change careers or do things that are younger than me, and it, it's really an enjoyable, rewarding way to give back. If you were going to advise a young person listening, how do you go about finding a mentor? Because I've heard that from people. You know, I've become a mentor to some people when I didn't even realize it was happening. They just reached out to me and then they realized I was accessible. They kept reaching out to me and all of a sudden we were having weekly meetings and like, oh, I guess I'm mentoring them now. <laughs> yeah, it just, it wasn't planned, but 
if somebody wanted to go find somebody who had the experience like you did and have you have now, how would you advise them? Um, in a funny kind of way, so maybe social media, but but don't fall for the guys in the private jet or in the Gucci's <laughs> no. and go to Dolce Gabbana and, and the, the the fake fake gold Rolex that they're borrowing and, and whatnot. Uh, find some genuine people that's doing well that you can uh, align with, and uh, you know maybe try to align it with the same core value and reach out. And a lot of times they may not answer you the first time or the second time or the third time. I mean, having the tenacity to, to reach out to somebody and see if they will reply or not, because they're getting dozens of these inquiries on a weekly basis as well. And they don't want to waste their time. That's one command. That's one commodity. I can't extend. I can't grow. I have a finite amount of, of time. And for the people that could benefit, I don't mind sharing that time with. I appreciate you sharing some of your uh, genius time with us today. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say genius, but okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, we're going to take a short break. I think our sponsors, we come back. I'm going to ask you the famous Cars Yacht Challenge question. So keep that thought in mind. We'll be right back. Auto Geeks Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. Auto Geek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire Spray Sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, 
and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Okay, James, we're back. So let's talk about this. Big challenge, big obstacle, big failure. Some time that you just fell on your face, things didn't look so good. But more importantly, what did getting up and dusting yourself off teach you so you could move forward in a positive way? I think there's always been a drive that I had uh, coming from an impoverished family. You figure the, the rich lives better and you want to have some financial security. And those were the things I didn't have. So from the early on, I, I had a tremendous amount of drive. But I also had a lot of passion. I was fortunate to pick certain businesses and careers that I want to excel in, but I was passionate about it. So it wasn't about looking at the clock. It wasn't about how many hours you put in and so on and so forth. It's all, all about uh, doing something you truly love. And I didn't chase the money. The, the money came later. Um, I just did what I like and, and I was a, a dream. You know, live, breathe. I, lo- I love, love cars. So I live, breathe, you know, relate to making parts that are needed. You know, looking for voids and in, in, in the business, looking for services, um, and and that's picks myself up. But you know, I learned from my mistakes. I learned from failures in the business. Uh, Two thousand nine was awful. You know, I had to sell some cars to kind of regroup. But uh, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and uh, keep keep going. You got you got to have that drive. You got to have that tenacity. You know. Mentioning 2009, I've heard this from a lot of folks. I mean, this was the, a huge recessionary period, 2008-9. I mean, it affected a lot of people in a big negative way. You know, right now we're going through some challenging times post-COVID. Uh, the economy is kind of very, very iffy. Uh, there's a lot of still supply chain and all this stuff's going on. As a guy who lived through that period, what's the advice you could offer somebody right now? Because a lot of young people, they don't have the perspective you and I have. Now, I'm a lot older than you. So I've got a longer perspective, but these cycles come and go and they always will. How would you advise somebody looking back now to prepare for a 2008, 2009? Because we may be heading into one, who knows? Uh, so they don't fall on their face so they don't get caught short or they worse, they don't have themselves so leveraged that they lose everything. Well, it's sunny right now, but it rains sometimes. So make sure you have your umbrellas ready. Uh, what I did was this. It, it was kind of interesting. I was in the business at that time that I was selling wants, not needs. So to define that a little bit more, I was making wheels for cars. Wheels is a luxury item. It is an afterthought, it is an aftermarket. You want to make the cars pretty. You want it to be different, but you don't need wheels. Cars come with wheels. So it's really a want, not need. So again, I started looking at things and I had to sell real estate. I had to sell my cars to kind of keep keep me float. We suffer 65% uh, decline in our business because we were in a want business. So what I did was I created some need businesses. What's need that's related to wheels? Tires. Your tires wear out. You need tires. Yeah. It's a finite amount of time before you need new tires so you can go to work, so you can travel to whatever. So again, getting into the tire business was extremely difficult. They're, they're, they're all multi-billion dollar companies and whatnot, but I also found a void. So I, what I simply did was, People are getting kind of lazier and lazier, and they like the convenience or whatnot. So in 2013, 14, I started a mobile tire company. Cool. So I outfitted a bunch of Sprinter vans. I kind of figured the layout out, designed it, and uh, we were basically selling tires. And we, the big difference is we installed the tires 
at your home or at your office. And we were, we were completely self-contained. Nice. So I bootstrapped the business initially and I had to run it. And about three, four years later, uh, I sold to America's largest tire mail order house. And go. they, they had at that time, I don't know, six, seven warehouses, but they didn't have a reach like the largest American tire dealer, which is discount tire. So that was their competitor. So they bought my company and I kind of effectively retired again so they can co- compete with discount tire. So I was not really ahead of my time, but I, I found a void. I found a niche. I found a need that was, you know, that, that people were kind of gravitating toward. Then I got bought out and then now they got bought out by discount tire. So now all 3,000 discount tire stores or whatnot, you got to correct me on that, can have a mobile service. So now it's kind of like having a dine-in pizza restaurant that does delivery at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going to be a huge growth for them. So uh, again, you know, I, I think foul weather is coming and uh, I wouldn't be as leveraged as I am now. Cash is sometimes king and uh, you know, prepare for it. Again, a couple of times that you got fumbled because of the economic, you know, ebbs and ties, you're you're more ready for the next one. That's probably the best thing I can say. Yeah, and whoever saw COVID coming, I mean, there's another one. It's like what? <laughs> there's a uh, left one coming at you. Yeah, that uh, really affected a lot of people. Let's talk a little bit about cars, James, because okay. I know you love cars. You got some cool cars. Tell us about one really special vehicle you've had in your life, and take us on a little journey in that ride. Uh, I think. One or two is probably the Ferrari uh, GTL Lusso that I had. I had a 64 Lusso that I bought in 2001. And it was, to me, one of the most prettiest Ferraris ever made. That's in my humble opinion. I'll probably put that up against uh, a short wheelbase or a GTO. And uh, it was something that uh, I had a good year in business, and I was able to afford that. And by today's standard, it was relatively not expensive. And uh, I drove it everywhere. We went to go from... Los Angeles, where I live, to San Francisco, to Monterey, took you know half a dozen road trips easily. And you know, Mark, we talked about you had your Porsche 911 S. I had a Lusso. They were not expensive cars. We could have took it to a supermarket, park it on the other side of the parking lot, yeah. and go grocery shopping <laughs> it. Yeah. Or take your kids to school, or just you know, a car show. Okay, uh, cars and coffee. We drove it often, and uh, so that was one of the cars I had great memories of and and i literally drove it everywhere well that's pretty cool nowadays of course multi-million dollar car and you probably wouldn't leave it in a parking lot uh yeah so things change but you know you said something earlier and i've been fortunate with the collector cars i've had is is don't buy a car thinking it's going to go up in value buy something you'll love and enjoy and you'll drive and and you might just get fortunate and it does go up and there's might be a time you decide to let it go and move on to the next thing but now do you still have that luso today no, uh, I think I paid like one hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars for the car, and yeah. it went for <laughs> millions. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. There is a time to let them go. I'm going through that right now with my uh, my orange crush. As all you listeners know by now, and by the time this show airs, uh, should be sold. So we'll see what's next. But. Uh, that's a story for another time. Let's uh, crawl into your head a little bit. Now, this could be a scary place because James is quite a character, as I said before. He's been rather tame today, and I appreciate that. I told him we're family-friendly show, but he is hilarious. And you make me smile. You laugh. You poke fun at yourself. Uh, you do some off-color stuff, but you just kind of have this great attitude of, well, you know what? If you don't like me, I'm sorry. That's just who I am. But I want to crawl in your skull. 
and be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be, though, James. You got to look real deep into your soul. Ooh, Ooh, the man in the mirror, get out the box of tissues. (laughs) What would you be, but more importantly, the why? Uh, Well, what would I be? I would like to say a Lamborghini Countach. Okay. Uh, I have a I have an '86 Countach quattro valve downdraft, whatnot. Yeah. But it, not because I'm particularly good looking like a Countach or sexy like a Countach. It just you know what that car when it was is that where we're going like what that car when it was built it was against all odds. Yes. Uh, Lamborghini was bankrupt like three times during the, you know during the production of that car. There was very little compromise. It it was very passionately built, passionately styled, and they just didn't give up, beep, you know, on, on that. And I think growing up in America, my life was very much like that. You, you had to make a little noise. You had to break a little rules. Uh, if I followed, if I took the Toyota Camry route, <laughs> yeah. I would not, I would not safe, dependable, uh, maybe somewhat fuel efficient and reliable. I, I wouldn't be where I am today. By no means I'm saying I'm a Lamborghini Countach, but from the history and, and how Ferruccio Lamborghini says, if Enzo and, and your cars suck and I'm going to build something better to, you know, to naming a car that basically means in uh, a Piemontese Italian, right? Basically means like, oh my gosh, or my mother-in-law is Italian. She has to be Piemontese. When I say, <laughs> oh, what does Countach mean? Oh, that's a bad word where I come from. You can't say that. Yeah. But it basically means like, oh my God, or F you or Fungu or <laughs> yeah, something crazy yeah. like that. So, yeah. yeah, again, a little bit uncompromising, but, you know, I, I think that's kind of my alignment or that's, that's how I would like to compliment myself. You said that really well. I love the way you answered that question. That was absolutely brilliant. And I would agree with that. If you follow uh, James on Facebook, uh, you'll get a much bigger flavor of who he is and you get to see this beautiful white beast. In fact, you just posted a picture, I think it was this morning or yesterday of you driving around with what you call Texas, because now you live in Texas, uh, air conditioning with the doors up and open. (laughs) Yeah, the the Countach is not known for their, you know, air conditioning it's got two little slots and uh, i was driving in my neighborhood going 20 miles an hour so i had the doors wide open yeah it's kind of a cool way and i shot a quick video about that and then the other thing that's kind of fun is you know we're in texas now so i've seen very few a couple of uh longhorns attached to a truck <laughs> yes. and uh, maybe a cadillac i think uh, boss hog had it on uh-huh. his uh, what 76 <laughs> cadillac eldorado or something it was like a triple white color uh, eldorado with the horns on it and that was very fitting him. So I installed a, a pair of no holes drill it. They're just double sided. But I, I, I double sided a, a pair of longhorns. I think I sent you the <laughs> you that did. picture in a bio. Yeah. So you can, you can kind of post that up. And I sent a couple of Carson Coffee, you know, car shows with it. Yeah. And they get a big kick. It, it's Raging Bull. It's Longhorn. It's Texas. It's a Lamborghini. It kind of all ties in. How do you like living in Texas? You haven't been there that long, but you certainly have embraced it. I, I've seen you shopping for boots and a hat, and seems like you're settling in. Well, I'm, I'm one, a little close for. I like to buy clothes. Uh, <laughs> I, we've been there for about nine, ten months now. We absolutely love Texas. But again, I'm kind of the optimistic kind of guy and trying to embrace the culture here. And quote, unquote, I may not have the best Chinese food or the best Thai food around because it's not that ethnic here. But gosh darn it, I have the best barbecue around. So, you know, <laughs> when in Rome, do what Romans do. When in Texas, wear your cowboy hats and uh, 
and enjoy your barbecue. So we are absolutely embracing it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a great book that you'd like to share with folks that you either uh, learned a lot from or were really entertained by? I, I like biographies, uh, all biographies and uh, business books or a combination of both. I think the, the last two books that I read and I reread again was, I think, The Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight. Yeah. On, uh, I think he's, you know, he started importing Essex uh, sneakers from Japan and then he got kind of jacked by them. And that's how he created Nike and you know Blue Ribbon Sport and the whole works. So it uh, shows a lot of tenacity, shows a lot of creativity, shows a lot of balls to go to Japan in the 70s you know, and, 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 and look for manufacturing and so on and so forth. So probably that and maybe Made in America by Sam Walton. It shows a lot of you know humble stories in the beginning and it shows a lot of uh, determination and drive. And I like that stuff. And it's a fun story. And it's a fun read. They are both two great books. I remind you listeners is a great uh, place on my website called Guest Recommended Books, where all the wonderful books listed by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts are listed. There's way over 2000 books listed there, and I've made it very easy for you to click and buy. So let's go on the ultimate drive today. I'm going to enable you, James, to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to get out my big checkbook. I don't know if it's as big as a Texas checkbook, but it's pretty big. And I'm going to buy you anything in the world to go on a drive in. Any kind of car, doesn't matter who owns it, where it is, it's going to be in your garage there in Texas. You can go with anybody and somebody who's maybe past, so somebody from the past, and you could be driving anywhere. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy who loves to take ultimate drives? So this is where the story gets a little sad. So most people would, would say, hey, I would love to have a McLaren F1 or a, you know, Bentley the blown Bentley from the thirties or whatnot, uh, or, you know, whatever. And, and it could be, you know, childhood heroes to passed away formula one drivers, you know, it would be very interesting people to ride with. Uh, but for, but for me, it would be, uh, with my son. So, uh, my son's name is Enzo. This is how fanatical I was about it. And he passed away two and a half years ago. Yeah. So I, I he, recall that he, my, yeah, yeah. My, again, my condolences. I can't, can't imagine, can't imagine. It, it, it was a tough pill to swallow. We're still dealing with it now. But if I could have anything back, my son, he was 17 when he passed. Uh, he's been carding since he was six because I kind of, we both gravitated toward the same thing. So the ultimate drive is probably the Lusa because I lost the Lusa as well as my son. Uh, so, and I had so much memories, which is good that uh, we built up throughout the whole drive. And, you know, one of my favorite drivers is really uh, PCH. And somewhere out of LA, probably. Start from Malibu or Zuma through Santa Barbara, through, you know, Big Sur, and finally Monterey. Um, never, never get tired of that drive unless you're stuck in behind a RV going 40 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And you can't pass. Yeah, I've been there, done that for sure. I did that drive with my son when he was eight years old in a Beck Spider that I bought from John ah. Wilhoyt. He built that car using all Porsche parts. Even the engine was a 56 Speedster engine that it, he'd put his magic touch on and modified. And we picked that car up and took off, spent five days. The car had no top, no heat, no yep. radio. Drove all the way up the coast. It was just so much fun. And uh, he still has not forgiven me for selling that car <laughs> to this day. But uh, that I wish I could make that happen for you, my friend. Uh, that would be pretty pretty darn cool that is a wonderful drive and i'll tell you you think about all the guests i've had many have said that is the drive and these are a lot of people from europe too yeah that's the drive so the fact that you've been able to do that i assume you've driven yeah you said you've driven up that that drive i've Eight, done that nine times yeah yeah um you know 
And in the Luso, I've driven it in my 230SL Pagoda, which is a very slow drive. Yeah. Uh, I, I did it with the XKSS, uh, the, my recreation car. That's kind of similar to your bet where you bring, you know, you bring a baseball cap, you bring a, a hoodie, you Some bring sunscreen and sunscreen. Yeah. And the weather could change, right? It's, and, and, and then a rain jacket or a poncho because mine didn't have a top as well. And you, you, there's no radio to be disturbing you and whatnot. It's just, it's, <laughs> It's a fantastic drive. Yeah, it is. Absolutely beautiful. Well, you've taken us on a fun ride today, James. I'm so grateful that you took some time to be with me here. And, you know, now we're much more than Facebook friends. We're buddies, car buddies and friends. And you're part of the Cars Yeah alumni, which is a, a wonderful group of incredible people that I've had the, the pleasure and honor to inter, uh, introduce to my listeners here. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some parting words of wisdom, advice, a, a mantra or inspiration for our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. You're a little uh, humble. Words, words of advice. Um, I, I think it's important to don't forget where you come from, you know? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of successful people, a lot of wealthy people I've met from that were self-made didn't forget where they come from. And, and they become generous you know, with their time, especially with a little punk like me back in the days. And, <laughs> and, and share with me and give me inspirations on, you know, where you can take it. So, I, again, uh heard this more than once but don't forget where you come from you know stay humble yeah absolutely important and again i assume it's so if people want to follow you on facebook they can go and follow you because um that's how i found out about you originally and uh james is fun you know uh be prepared don't be too sensitive because he just calls it the way it is he puts himself out there um and you know he's he's just fun and james to me you're all about fun oh we try to be we only live here for so long right so i think my avatar is the Chinese guy with a cowboy hat, and I think the homepage right now is the uh, the Kuntosh with the bullhorns on it. Yes, but yeah. that changes depends on you know what I come up with. Yeah, you can't miss this guy. How can people learn more about Almax USA and the wheels that you oh, manufacture? Oh, go to almax-usa.com. A L M A X hyphen USA.com. Uh, we're starting work in progress. Wheels are coming in. And uh, we should be ready for sale in the next though, 30 or 60 days. Um, again, I, I hope you guys support me on. It's not just a business, but you know, we're, we're giving jobs to Americans that, you yeah. know, one can need it. And when I went there, I was so humbled. Um, there was guys that was, you know, machinists that uh, the guys that was, um, you know, working in the foundry when I come up and shake my hand goes, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for giving us, you know, yeah. the production and have a job. And I, you know, kind of, I was almost in tears kind of going, oh, you're welcome, but it's the least we can do, you know? Yeah, yeah it's so, tremendous. Real, my hat's off to you and your team. I'm so excited to present Almax-USA to the listeners here. If you're looking for an awesome set of USA-made wheels, Almax and James Chen and his team there, they're the people to go to. I'll put links to that, but they're very easy to find. A-L-M-A-X hyphen U-S-A. James, thanks for spending some time with me today. We're recording this on Memorial Day. Uh, my heart and thanks to all the people who gave their lives for this country and around the world. A very special day for everybody. I've got two uh, veterans in my family who uh, have passed, my father and my father-in-law who served. Uh, thank you to everybody in the families, yeah, for today. We thank we thank him for our services. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and thank you very much for having me on your show. Well, you're welcome. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's been a pleasure. This was a lot of fun. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.